I am Bo Ellis Breedlove, and this is the June Bug. Welcome to the fourth episode of The June Bug. Last week, we witnessed Caroline's terrible accident. She and Vincent faced the darkest moments in their marriage, a darkness only deepened by Caroline's resurgent addiction to prescription medication. This week, Caroline's resilient morphine usage precipitates increasing confusion. Confusion that results in a very public incident. Details in the story, such as names and places, have been altered or fictionalized to preserve privacy. Episode 4, A Shared Revelation Caroline reaches for the alarm clock, but unable to find the off button in the early morning darkness, she instead feels around for the cord and gives it a good tug. Alarm clock unplugged, she hears Vincent in bed beside her, snoring softly. Quietly shuffling to the bathroom, Caroline closes the door behind herself before turning the light on. Leaning over the bathroom sink, she peers at herself in the mirror. Her hair is the longest it's been since she was in her twenties, almost shoulder length. Light blonde dye has faded away as she's embracing her full head of white. The lengthened locks don't hide the aging porcelain skin of a woman nearing her 79th birthday. You've gotten old, woman. She says to her reflection, chuckling, revealing a glint of the Aubrey family's shared sarcastic humor. She glances back in the bedroom to see that Vincent is still asleep. The return of normalized sleeping arrangements had been ushered in by the unforeseen arrival of long-term house guests. Josette and her small child, along with Josette's new husband, had taken up residency in the guest bedroom after being evicted from their humble flat in downtown Salem. An eviction that was precipitated 
by a police raid that found Josette and her husband operating a meth lab. A six-month prison term was commuted in favor of community service in an effort to keep the parents with their young toddler. The house guests had only stayed a few months before relocating to a one-bedroom rental house, a move that was financed by Caroline without Vincent's knowledge. Initially, Vincent's return to the master bedroom had been an unwanted consequence of Josette's folly. However, as the nights ticked on, Caroline found herself comforted by the company of her husband. Recurring night terrors of the fall and persistent lingering physical pain continues to keep restful nights at bay, however, a source of discomfort that still enlivens resentment and animosity towards Vincent, a punishment he willingly accepts. Irregardless, Caroline had recently made the firm decision to ignore her harsh feelings towards Vincent and keep the frustration bottled away. This is a behavior she often adapts, quick decision-making without addressing the root cause of a problem. This type of personality trait often leads to Caroline ruminating on unresolved issues without having the willpower to fix them. It's easier for her to just ignore the problem. Pouring herself a cup of coffee, Caroline took her seat at the dining table with the previous day's newspaper. As she did so, she reached into her bathrobe pocket and retrieved a familiar bottle of blue pills. Morning sunlight gradually illuminated the dining room as she swallowed three pills and sipped her remaining coffee. A daily task she finished before Vincent's prying eyes could bear witness. Aromas of fresh coffee, bacon grease, and lavender Febreze hang thick in the sun-warmed air of the dining room as Vincent emerges to find his wife setting breakfast on the table. This was an important space for Caroline. A sacred one, in fact. She had always insisted they eat their meals together at the dining table. Whether they were young parents with three toddlers, middle-aged with teenagers, or in their 70s dining alone, meals were enjoyed at the dining table. Complete with starched linen placemats, folded lace-trimmed napkins, and polished silver flatware, the duo enjoyed their breakfast together. I have a busy day today, Caroline announced. You'll need to take care of yourself until dinner time. Vincent nodded in agreement as he sipped his coffee.
casually, tossing her purse into the passenger seat, Caroline got into her new British Racing Green Jaguar convertible and started the engine. A bright pink post-it note sat in the center console cup holder. On it, a list of tasks for the day. First, the bank. Pulling up to the drive through teller window at Key Bank, Caroline dropped her debit card and a withdrawal slip into the teller drawer. The teller returned Caroline's debit card accompanied by an envelope of $240 in $20 bills. Next on the list, breakfast. Crossing the Willamette River and navigating through downtown Salem, Mrs. Aubrey made her way to the south side of town, where she pulled into a McDonald's drive-thru. Three Egg McMuffins, three hash browns, and one cup of coffee, please. Opening the envelope of cash, she retrieved $40, placing one bill in her purse and passing the second to the window. Pulling up along the curb, Caroline carelessly scraped the car rims. Ignoring the damage to the wheels, she gathered the food, placing the envelope of remaining $200 in the grease-stained bag. Walking up to the modest house, Caroline rang the doorbell. Caroline tried to open the door, but it was locked. Waiting there on the porch, she observed the sight surrounding the humble residence. The house was a post-war one-bedroom cottage. Sun-bleached brown paint peeled and bubbled on the wood plank siding. Flecks of paint litter the ground around the foundation. The interior of the windows are all covered in mismatched sheets and towels. A pile of old blankets are set beside the front door, damp from the morning dew. Opposite the blankets were three pairs of shoes, one child's pair and two adults. All were worn and marred with various holes and stains. In the driveway sat two cars, both dented, rusted, and only one with all four tires. The fractured concrete walkway to the front door was flanked by eight arborvitas, evergreens Caroline had purchased and helped plant earlier that past summer with her great-granddaughter. All the arborvita are dead now, victims of overgrown grass, weeds, and lack of water. The door opens. Good morning, Caroline announces, chipper and plain ignorant to both the dirty home and the overwhelming stench of mildew and rotting trash emanating from the interior. Hi, Grandma, Josette grunts, void of any excitement. You can't come in. I haven't cleaned yet today. Caroline offers to help with the housework, but is abruptly silenced by Josie's primary concern. Is everything here? Josie says, taking the McDonald's bag and inspecting it for more than a morning meal. Seeing the envelope inside, Josette quickly ends the visit. 
I've got to get the kid up for school. I'll call you later. The door closed before Caroline could say any more. She noted the time on her wristwatch. 9.35 a.m. Class started at 7.30. This errand had become a daily chore and something Mrs. Aubrey kept her husband unaware of. Disappointed and saddened, she headed back to her car. The glaring fact that Josette is a drug addict is something Caroline only acknowledges to herself and vehemently denies to anyone else. Addiction and child neglect weren't the source of this morning's disappointment. Selfishly, the disappointment was that Caroline just wanted a hug, a kiss, and some affection from her grandchild. Simple gestures she had hoped would be ensured by her repeated generosity. Maybe tomorrow will be different. I know. I'll surprise her with $300. That'll make her happy, Caroline decided. This chore financed the intensifying drug habit, but Caroline did it regardless, blindly believing Josette's promise of saving for a new house or getting ready to send her child to private school. There was always some unseen expense Josette needed Caroline's help with. Hopeful of time together, optimistic of morning visits with her great-granddaughter, and affectionate gratitude from her granddaughter, Caroline continued to dutifully drain her bank account. Still, her hopes were frequently dashed by hurried goodbyes and thankless interactions. Caroline glanced at her list. The next errand, pharmacy. Pulling away from the house, Caroline glided through a four-way stop without braking. Multiple cars honked. She pressed down harder on the gas pedal, hoping the horns wouldn't attract her granddaughter's attention. Embarrassment flushed Caroline's face as she thought of her granddaughter, or any family, bearing witness to the careless traffic violation. It wasn't intentional running the stop signs and red lights. Recently, though, she had been more distracted when behind the wheel. Her thoughts meandered, as did her driving. A small collection of warnings and traffic tickets were amassing in the glove box. There, they gathered, ignored, and unpaid. Caroline ruminated on the fear of losing her driver's license. It was a subject that had been raised multiple times in recent years. Most recently, the children had broached the subject once at a family dinner earlier this month. A conversation that was quickly quashed by Caroline leaving the room and Vincent scolding the children for humiliating their mother. Occasional honking brings Caroline's focus back to the road. Pharmacy, she reminds herself. There was ample street-side parking available outside the pharmacy. Navigating into a parallel parking space, Caroline again grazes the rims on the curb. 
collecting her purse, keys in hand, she exits the car. Morning dew glistens on the grass and coated the walkway in a slick finish. I've never noticed they have grass before, Caroline mused. Knocking twice on the screen door before opening it, Caroline attempts to slide her house key into the front door deadbolt. Just then, the door opened and a young woman greeted Caroline with bemused curiosity. Can I help you? The woman queried in a firm tone. She was bewildered by this strange woman trying to unlock her front door. Oh, I... Caroline began, but the realization quickly set in. The next task on her list today was to fetch a prescription. But this, this wasn't the pharmacy. Caroline was at the home where her mother had lived until her death in 1981. Flummoxed, Mrs. Aubrey backed away and hurriedly walked back to her car. A brightly colored beetle scurried across the cobblestone pathway. The June bug. Excuse me, do you need help? Do you, do, do you need something? The woman shouted, but Caroline ignored her prodding. I recognize you. Why are you here? Those were the last words the woman could shout before the jaguar sped down the street. Have you pre-ordered your copy of the June Bug novel yet? This book takes a deeper look at the story we are exploring during Season 1. Caroline, Vincent, and their love story through the trials and tribulations of dementia. Pre-order your copy on our website, www.thejunebug.org. The day's events frightened Caroline. I recognize you. Those were the last words she had heard before fleeing the scene of a humiliating and very public episode of confusion. I recognize you. What was that supposed to mean? Sitting at her dining table alone, Caroline sipped on a cold cup of coffee left from breakfast. The table was still laden with the remnants of their morning meal. I recognize you. Had the two crossed paths at the grocery store? Perhaps church? Caroline wondered to herself about what those words meant. The dining table was drenched in afternoon sunlight from the west-facing windows. Sunbeams reflected from the polished mahogany table and warmed Caroline's pale cheeks. Faded gold sheer curtains obscured the view on the deck. However, when the afternoon sun was angled just right, it shone through the panels and made them almost translucent. Mrs. Aubrey was rarely in the dining room to witness this phenomenon, but on this day, her timing was impeccable. White clouds drifted apart as bright golden sunlight cascaded through the window coverings. 
and for a brief moment, the view of the deck and back garden was clear. A bright green and gold beetle maneuvered along the exterior window trim. A flush of fear and shame washed over Caroline. Her supple cheeks fell limp. Her mouth opened. Her blue eyes widened. I recognize you. Now it made sense. She remembered this had not been her first encounter with the woman. Today's incident had been a repeat. Three times. That's how many occasions Caroline could recall showing up at her old family home, expecting to see her mother. Caroline set the cold coffee down on the table as her hands began to tremble. The sharp sound of the basement door closing startled Caroline from her revelation. Stairs creaked as Vincent walked up from the basement to find his wife in the dining room. An expression of shock resonated on her face, prompting him to ask, Are, are you okay? I... I... Caroline hesitated, glancing down at her trembling hands. I, um... Vin, I... What's wrong? Caroline averted her gaze away from her husband towards the dining room floor as he pulled up a chair beside her. Vin, I think I need to tell you something. I, I just don't know how to say this. Patiently, Vincent encouraged his wife to take her time. Vin, I... Caroline felt herself physically choking on the words as she searched for the strength to speak. Vin, I think... I think I'm... She paused again, now gazing towards the side table. Taking a deep breath, Caroline focused on a single scratch on the bottom right foot of the piece of furniture. With a big exhale, she finally mustered the words she sought. I think I might be going crazy. Oh, no, your Vin began, but Caroline sharply interrupted him. No, please, just listen to me. I'm... Just listen to me. Vincent placed a hand on Caroline's knee as she continued her empty gaze at the foot of the side table. Taking another deep breath, Caroline continued. For the first time, she confided in someone that she was having struggles with her memories. She revealed the day's episode and the realization that it was not the first. I can't bear to look at you when I say this, Caroline trembled, but I've been seeing things. I've been getting lost, lost in my head, lost in general. 
The weight of finally admitting this secret bore down on her. She had never shared this trepidation for the loss of her sanity. Silence befell the two, as they both examined the seriousness of this conversation. It's... it's gotten worse, Caroline resumed. I forget things, like... I forget mom being dead. I forget when I've gone to the grocery store. Vincent, there are four turkeys in the basement freezer. Because last month, on four different occasions, I thought I needed to buy a turkey for Thanksgiving. Vincent, it's January. Why would I need a damn turkey in January? Vincent stood from his chair and enveloped his wife in both arms as she rose. He held her close against his chest as she rested her face and wept into his tan-striped Dickies coveralls. Glancing over her husband's arm, Caroline saw the June bug scamper across the dining table. Pushing her husband back, she grabbed the cup of coffee she had just been sipping from, God damn you, bug! Caroline screamed as she threw the coffee cup at the June bug. Shards of white porcelain shattered as the mug hit the corner of the dining table, scattering across the room as cold black coffee sprayed onto the carpet. Vincent was shocked at what he witnessed. There's a fucking beetle! I can't get rid of it! Caroline exclaimed. Vincent ushered his wife to their bedroom and insisted she rest, refusing to acknowledge that he had not seen any insect. Sharing this fear of memory loss and confusion with Vincent uncovered a growing hatred and despise Caroline had for herself. These little mistakes small moments of loss and forgetfulness that had only grown to consume more and more of her existence. Caroline felt there was a visible deformity on herself, but until today, she had been capable of concealing it from those around her. Now it was revealed. This ignited a new fear one that, now she had revealed her secret, she would be cast away, locked up, shoved into a dark room away from view, relinquished to an ever-darkening maze of her own mind. Caroline feared she would be institutionalized. Inspired by true stories, the Junebug Project is always looking for inspirational and informative experiences to share. You can share your story on our website, www.thejunebug.org. Vincent dampened a stained kitchen towel from under the sink. The towel smelled of lemon pledge and was streaked with various shades of brown and yellow from numerous uses polishing the dining table. 
As he cautiously soaked up the spattering of coffee droplets across the table, he wondered what cleaning product he should use to get the same coffee out of the carpet. In that mundane moment, Vincent Aubrey realized the gravity of his wife's revelation. Vin had set foot in this dining room thousands of times. He had indulged in innumerable meals at this table. Hundreds of bottles of sherry had been uncorked at the side table. But today, today was the first time he could recall ever being tasked with cleaning the carpet. If Caroline's outburst with the coffee cup was foreboding, is this to be Vin's future? A remaining life of role reversal? Would he need to be the one to take care of the household duties? More seriously, would he need to become his wife's caretaker? Her nurse? Vincent asked himself, if he would be strong enough? Would he live long enough? What if something should happen to him first? Vincent pondered, am I capable of being a caregiver? The thought frightened him as this was the first time the advancement of their aging struck him with raw emotion. Falls, occasional mishaps, more frequent driving incidents, all of these could be excused or explained away. The revelation that his wife was losing her grip on reality, though, that could not be blamed on someone else's carelessness. That could not be resolved with a quick trip to the doctor. There wasn't a homeopathic treatment that could solve this. Vincent sat in the chair where he had just bore witness to the confession. He gazed at the empty chair beside him and stiffened his upper lip as he held back tears. Dread set upon him. Like an avalanche set in motion by a single pebble, this dread was triggered by a solitary thought. Will my wife forget me? Caroline hummed to herself as she gathered some belongings from the countertop. Opening the Tupperware cabinet door, she retrieved a small white piece of paper from the growing array of notepads and post-its. This piece of paper, titled Take With You, was comprised of such items as keys, cash, and ID, the last of which was in bold print and underlined. A recent speeding ticket ended in Caroline unable to produce her driver's license and being taken home by a squad car. Melodic humming continued intermittently as Caroline verified she had all the items listed. Vincent was making his way from the bedroom when he heard the faint melody coming from the kitchen. Tell him about that. 
Vincent reminded himself. It had become incessant, the humming. In the past, it was occasional, less than noteworthy, but in recent months, Caroline had begun humming persistently. Vincent had been taking note of concerning behavior and wanted to be ready with this information when the time was right. Today was an important day. These little observations would be helpful. On this morning, Mr. and Mrs. Aubrey are en route to a much-anticipated visit with Dr. Jackson. After months of bickering over the subject, Caroline had at last relented to seeing a doctor about her memory issues. Vincent was cautiously optimistic, knowing his wife could change her mind at any moment. More likely, though, she just wouldn't tell the doctor of the real purpose for the visit, misleading him with any other medical need actively avoiding the issue at hand. Caroline brushed the wrinkles out of her black and white ankle-length dress and adjusted her wristwatch. Darn, this one's broken too, she thought to herself, recalling that the last two watches she had worn weren't working either. Mrs. Aubrey carried an air of confidence about herself, excellent posture and poise. She had presence. These were relics from her youth as a model. She was very well versed in capturing the attention of a room and presenting herself as though the spotlight had never faded since her 1950 reign as Cherry Blossom Queen. The young women at Dr. Jackson's reception desk enjoyed Caroline's infrequent visits to the office. They found her engaging, energetic, and always optimistic. Caroline was a happy face that was welcomed and adored within the office. Her polite conversation and amiable beauty were disarming and prompted comments such as, I wish I had a mother as elegant as she is. On this morning, though, Caroline was short with the receptionist and quickly took a seat in the lobby. Clearly, she did not want to be here. Once they were ushered back to the doctor's exam room and after failing to discourage her husband from joining, Caroline braced herself for an unsavory exchange. Good morning, Dr. Jackson said, happy to see the pair. Is it? Caroline responded sharply, turning to shoot one last glare towards her husband. This is stupid. That's what this is, Caroline said abruptly. Vincent noted the moment for his interruption. We have been concerned about memory issues, Vincent interjected. Caroline cringed, knowing what was about to happen. Oh, you mean the dementia, Dr. Jackson stated, seemingly aware of the situation already. Dementia, Vincent asked, looking towards his wife with confusion. Unbeknownst to her husband, Caroline 
had already been to see her physician about her memory concerns. A year prior, she had gone to the doctor after a series of small incidents left her questioning her mental state. At Dr. Jackson's direction, Caroline had participated in a series of cognition assessments. The results were undeniable. Caroline showed all the signs of dementia. Dr. Jackson was confident in his conclusion and had pleaded with his patient to attend routine sessions to track and attempt to subdue her advancing cognitive decline. Caroline vehemently denied the diagnosis and refused to see the doctor again. That was until today, when she had succumbed to her husband's demands for medical intervention. As Vincent and the doctor continued discussing Caroline's prognosis, as though she were a child incompetent of participating, Caroline silently grew enraged. Neither, and I mean neither of you know what you're talking about. I'm not going to put up with this. This, this bullshit. Storming out of the exam office, Caroline slammed the door behind herself. A clipboard hanging beside the doorframe came unhooked and crashed to the ground. Delayed by his apology to the doctor and the women at reception, Vincent left for the parking lot and found his wife was nowhere in sight. Resiliently patient, Vincent returned to the car and waited there for her return. Two hours passed before Vincent finally relented and drove home. There, he found his wife sitting on their porch swing, seemingly unaware of the frigid morning cold. He silently approached and sat beside her. The seat of the porch swing was still damp from morning rain. Placing a hand on his wife's thigh, Vincent softly squeezed it in a sign of solidarity. Caroline closed her eyes tightly, holding back tears. She reached for her husband's hand and squeezed it tightly. Caroline was on the verge of a serious decision, one that she may regret, but it was all she could think of saying. He's wrong. You're wrong. Vincent, I'm fine. I can handle this myself. That's the end of it. Vincent silently agreed. And so, it was. Just like that, Caroline Aubrey made the fateful decision that denial was her most viable option. This week on The June Bug, both Caroline and Vincent made fateful decisions. Caroline decided that denial was her best decision in lieu of medical treatment for her dementia. Vincent, on the other hand, decided that passively enabling his wife's decision was his best option. 
Together, they set on a course that would only lead to more difficulty and strife. These decisions, denial and enabling, are two of five areas I identified in this story as missteps made by Caroline and her family. Missteps that resulted in long-term pain and suffering, both of which could have been avoided. These five missteps in dementia care are outlined in an upcoming bonus episode. We will step out of the narrative story and take a deeper dive into the difficult decisions the Aubrey family faced. Bonus episodes and episode trailers drop on Sundays. The June Bug is produced by Breedlove Creative Enterprises. Original music composed by Bo Ellis Breedlove. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can also help support this podcast and the June Bug Project by becoming a supporting member on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash the June Bug. Thank you for listening. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Stay tuned for the next installment of The June Bug.